Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Midweek edition uh, as we roll into week nine, which uh, kind of at this point in time, Wiz, uh, it looks like it's a combination of being the halfway point of the, of the fantasy season and, and we're pretty close to that in the NFL season where once we get through week nine, it'll be halfway through the 18-week season. So uh, lots happening. And as a result of that, Wiz, I thought a good idea for the both of us to kind of get, get an idea of where we're going with so many different changes. We just got through the trading deadline yesterday uh, on Halloween. Uh, no big offensive players that moved, but uh, lots of changes. And then we woke up to the news where Josh McDaniels shown the door in Las Vegas. So, Wiz, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Starting the second half, basically, of, like you said, the regular season of the NFL. Second half in the playoffs of the fantasy football season and you know we talked about the trade deadline a little bit and we were kind of like half right <clears throat> at least I was half right I mean I'm not sure you made any exact predictions but I thought the two areas to watch were those defensive line players on the commanders and they were traded and I thought Henry would go but I'm not quite sure if that win over the Falcons changed the thinking about maybe you know making a run for it and, and maybe Making the playoffs, I, I guess the thinking could have changed when Will Levis played well and <clears throat> the Titans went on to beat the Falcons. Uh, a little surprised he wasn't moved, but he's certainly not going to be back with them next year. There's no way they're going to offer him uh, the type of money that he'll be asking for. And um just seems like these quarterbacks, um, so many of them on a week-to-week basis, getting hurt, changes being made. The Raiders, the Raiders announced today that they're, I think, benching Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year, and they're going to see what they have with Aiden O'Connell, and uh, and they're going to go from there, I guess. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I don't know where to start, but we'll, let, let, let's start actually with the trade deadline. I think your point's well taken. I think what happened in, in week in week eight, oh, sorry, week eight of the NFL season uh, probably dictated what was going to occur uh, at the trade deadline. Washington lost that game. Uh, Tennessee won that game, so there was an impact there. Um, but those are two big names, obviously, that the commanders are moving, and uh, obviously the team is under new ownership. Uh, I think they're making strides. Certainly Sam Howell is playing very well. Uh, we talked about this before the season started, and it's played out. There are talented offensive players uh, within the commander's offense, uh, and they're really going to have to figure out uh, what they're going to do. But that, that is definitely going to be a noteworthy change to not have those two guys. Now, granted, they've been without Chase Young for a couple of years now because he's hardly played, but he was playing well so far this year. Montez Sweat gone as well. So the defensive effort coming from the commanders will be a little bit different going forward. Yeah, I think, you know, there's going to be a big overhaul. Um, I'm not sure if Eric Bianchi will be given a chance to be the head coach of that team next year, but I just think the time has kind of run out with Ron Rivera. Um it ran, it's run, it's run its course, and uh, I just think you got it when you're starting over like it's apparent the, the commanders are, and new ownership and these trades that were made. You just have to, you know, break it up, and and really, you know, go go completely in with with starting over. So um, I'm pretty confident that Ron Rivera will not be back next year, and uh, I'm not quite sure if the enemy will get the chance to be a head coach. Um, I'm not sure if that was maybe was part of the plan or told to him to come there as offense coordinator. 
and, and then be given a chance to be the head coach. Um, but I think there's a high likelihood of that. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out as far as Sam Howell, if they're going to, you know, want him to be the kind of face of the franchise going forward. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but there are a lot of young, there are a lot of young talented players within that offense um, so we shall see how it shakes out in Washington. Uh, they play in a division that obviously has the Cowboys in it and the Eagles in it. Uh, the Giants have, have certainly taken a significant step back this year. Uh, speaking of step backs from the Giants, seven yards total passing on Sunday from the Giants. It's just, just something that I would never thought I'd see. It took football back uh, probably a few uh, decades for certain. But uh, I'm sorry, though, was Tommy DeVito you know, played football, Syracuse, Illinois, uh, third string quarterback, you you got to be able to complete a pass. I'm not. I don't know where to lay the blame on if it's unpreparedness there or the head coaching staff or, or the coaching staff in general. But what a disgrace! And that kind of leads me to the, the next area, is where we look at who's starting. Uh, granted, we got bye weeks coming up. As, uh, you know, a plenty uh, over the next few weeks, so you're going to be tested in terms of being able to navigate that. But but this is a big change, Wiz, when you lose a player like Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure how long Stafford is going to be out. We know Justin Fields is out. Is Will Levis, is what we saw on Sunday, is that something that's more to come? I don't know the answer. Trubisky came in last week for Kenny Pickett, but looks like Pickett's going to be okay to play in this particular game. Daniel Jones looks like he's going to make it back. When we look at the quarterbacks that are playing this week, was P.J. Walker's out there because Watson can't get in the field. I, I, this is you know, This has been a remarkable change in the NFL it was changing as we came into the season. It's even more stark right now. Yeah, I remember us talking uh, over the spring and the summer, and I was really confused by what the Giants were doing with the free agency situation of wide receiver. Like, you know, Paris Campbell, like the Giants had just have a bunch of these same type of players and uh, didn't really seem to be able to get, like, a real playmaker. I know they expected Waller and he, you know, he's continued his injury, you know, unlucky with his injury status with the Giants the same way it was with the Raiders, but um, Jalen Hyatt, he he doesn't play that much. And Wendell Robinson has glimpses, but. um, Yeah, but Wiz, last year at the end of the season, Isaiah Hodgins was, was impacting every single game he was playing in. Didn't matter the opponent, right? Slayton was making play. But but, but Daniel Jones was looking like a different player and the offensive line looked better and he was really becoming a dual threat. Well, the line, the line, would you agree? Do you think the line, do you, do you think what's happened is a, a byproduct of what's happened on the offensive line or a regression in, in Daniel Jones hasn't been out there in a few weeks, but is it a regression in, in, in Daniel Jones? Is it the line? What do you think is front and center here? I don't know. I, I think, you know, it could be a combination of things, you know, they, they went through a four game stretch without Saquon Barkley and, you know, the whole offense really runs through him because without him, you know, teams are not respecting the run. They're not respecting that, 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 you know, run pass option, you know, and, and Daniel Jones has been out too. It's just a, it's a combination of things. And the Giants have just got to figure out whether it's free agency or the draft. They have just got to shore up that offensive line because nothing is going to happen um, until, until that drastically improves. They need a playmaker on the outside that they could count in. And today's NFL, you've got to have one of those in, they just they just don't have that, and uh, 
I don't know. I just look at that giant team. I just cannot believe the Giants lost that football game. And it's like, I don't know, the Giants doing this year the complete opposite of last year when they they seemingly won all of those crazy tight games. Um, this year, you know, they've gotten blown out in some games, but also some games where they, they had a chance and they're just not able to make a play here or a play there. But uh, um, there was just suspect decisions being made by Bryant Abel. I mean, I just don't understand in those conditions why twice he opted for field goals instead of, you know, running and keeping a drive alive early in the game. And then the last play, you know, at, at the end, the last thing was just, just give the ball to Barkley again. If they stop you, they stop you. But I just hate those field goals with those conditions. It, it just, it just, it seemed a mess and just all a microcosm of the giant season so far. Yeah, complete mess. So, uh, of, of the injuries in the sh- that we've just seen recently at quarterback, was I'm really kind of focusing on Kirk Cousins and, and Matthew Stafford, both who were having really good years. Uh, the injury to Stafford looks to be less long term, but they're off on a bye next week. I think he's almost certain to miss this week and then get a, another week after that to kind of heal a little bit because he's got a, a sprain in, in, on his thumb. Uh, Kirk Cousins obviously had his Achilles surgery today. What they are going to do, they did make a trade for Josh Dobbs from from uh, from the Cardinals. Uh, Jalen Hall, the rookie from BYU there. So how are you kind of viewing, if you own Vikings, if you own Rams, I know you talked about uh, with me on the phone the other day, you know, at the end of that game, it looked like Puka Nakua was struggling with his knee. Where are you kind of, you know, because you were really counting on the production from players from both of these teams, and now there's a question mark surrounding both of them. Yeah, it makes the Vikings situation that much more complicated. I don't know what's going to be with Justin Jefferson. He doesn't have a new contract, right? So is he going to come back and play with a quarterback that he doesn't know, doesn't trust, and may play in a game and get hung out to dry on a pass that leads him over the middle that Kirk Cousins would never throw to him? I have a a feeling you may see Justin Jefferson do what Kenny Galladay did a few years ago and just not come back this year. It doesn't make sense for him until he kind of knows – who the quarterback is going to be the Viking for the Vikings long term, and that kind of complicates the situation, uh, you know, as well for the other guys. I, I think, I think you know, a player like Hawkinson, you know, you have to devalue him a little bit. But I'm more concerned with a, you know, Jordan Addison. That's a player that was really connecting with Kirk Cousins, and um, I think out of all the pass catches on the Vikings, he's the one that's most likely to get a hit. Uh, the rest of the year in terms of his value. And do you see, so Jalen Hall's going to get the start this week. Uh, do you think in a couple of weeks' time we see Josh Dobbs quarterbacking this team? I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think that's the type of trade the Vikings basically gave up nothing, literally nothing, to get that player. So I think maybe they just want to shore up and have a better backup in case. But no, I think, I think that you know they'll they'll stick with the rookie and and see what he could do and give him more than just one game. And even if he doesn't play well, I think that they'll stick with him for a few more games. And Nick Mullins should come off of IR in two weeks, I believe. Is that correct? I think week ten uh, is when he was, yeah. So probably, probably two more weeks before we potentially could see him. I, I want to you mention one thing about the Stafford thing. Sh- Sean McVay is an idiot. There's, there's no other way to say it. He is just a moron. 
Stafford had the bad thumb. He was playing through the bad thumb. He hit his thumb on a follow-through early in the game. He was playing. He came out for the second half. So what do they do? They score a touchdown, and then they call for a free flicker on the two-point play where the receiver throws it back to Stafford, and Stafford dives in the end zone to, to, to reach the end zone with his hand. And, of course, he smashes his thumb against the turf, scoring the two-point play. I mean, he's just a moron for wanting to get Stafford involved in a crazy play like that, knowing that is he, uh, he has a bad thumb. I think there's something really wrong with Sean McVay and some of these things. I mean, I just, I, I just think that is such an idiotic thing to do. I don't care if he would have walked in, whatever, just... What are you involving Stafford in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a trick play when you're down by three touchdowns, I don't know, four touchdowns maybe at the time of the touchdown? So that was just idiotic. Uh, completely idiotic. I, I'm, I'm, and, you know, each and every week, was I feel like we're watching just dumb decisions by, by coaches, dumb decisions by players, bad refereeing. You know, the quality of the game is concerning to me, Wiz. I, I, you look at these over-unders each week, so many under 40. Uh, you know, again, I know the NFL is trying to grow the product, go to Germany, go to London, Thursday nights and stuff like that. Be very careful in what you're doing. Um, but, yeah, I just, just that, that is a boneheaded mistake. But, you know, like I said, each week we see these boneheaded mistakes. Uh, two teams, Wiz, uh, that I do want to mention real quick here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, again, not 100%. He was sick in that game and uh, against the defense that gave up 70 points earlier in the year. Uh, couldn't get anything going. That receiving uh, group uh, for the Chiefs continues to be problematic, in my opinion. Uh, just not getting on the right page at times with Denver. Denver played hard and won that game. Brock Purdy hasn't been right since he was knocked into... Uh, you know, look like a concussion. I, he hit his head in the last game again, and San Francisco has not had uh, Samuel last few games. Obviously, McCaffrey's got this incredible touchdown streak going. Kittle has been productive without Samuel, but, you know, we talked about this defense, Wiz, and the back-end vulnerability, and it happened against it happened against uh, Cincinnati. It happened against Minnesota Monday night, and that's where the defense is in trouble. They couldn't improve the back end. So what do they do? They got Chase Young and get the pressure on the quarterback to potentially help that back end of the defense. But, you know, 49ers looking like world beaters a few weeks ago. And, you know, here we are. They've got three losses. NFC now a little bit more wide open for certain. Uh, You got the Chiefs going to Germany to play Miami. And, uh, you know, I don't know where that goes. Hopefully Taylor Swift is in attendance because that seems to be the good luck charm few things about some of the teams you mentioned. The 49ers defense can't get off the field. Um, you know, you could blame it on Purdy, but I mean, there's a certain amount of urgency when you have the ball for a limited amount of time because your defense, you know, they paid Bosa a truckload of money. And when you watch certain teams play, honestly, there are a handful of players that you can see clearly. Like to me, Bosa is not in the same league as T.J. Watt is or Miles Garrett is when it comes to wrecking a game. Or Max I mean, Crosby. <laughs> Max Crosby is another yeah, guy. Max Crosby also as well. And then Lawrence on the and Michael, Michael Parsons and Lawrence and the Giants. I mean, these guys are real game wreckers. And, um, you know, I, I saw two games this year. Arizona against the 49ers where they were trailing by, by three touchdowns all in the second half, and Dobbs threw, went back to pass, and, and Bosa could not get a sack or a, a hurry or anything, a pressure even on him. And the same thing with the Vikings, uh, who 
I didn't realize, you know, their offensive line was so elite. I didn't think it's elite, but their defense overrated. <clears throat> they can't get off the field. So that's my main worry as far as the uh, as far as the Forty Nine is concerned. As far as the refereeing is concerned, this this competition committee is worried about the wrong things again. Such a you know there's billions and billions of, of money in this football industry, and they, they seem more concerned with the tush push than getting these calls correct. Like they have to do one of two things when it comes to these pass interference calls. It has to be one of these two things. Either it, it has to it has to, you have to give the coaches ability to challenge them, or if you do not want to give the coaches the ability to challenge them, you've got to go to the college rule and just make it a 15-yard penalty. You can't make these arbitrary calls that seem to be, that could go either way, 30 and 40 and 50-yard penalties where they're spot fouls uh, if you're not going to give the coach a chance to challenge them. So I just think roughing the passer and interference calls are two must to be able, you know, you, those are two must, in my opinion, to be able to be challenged by the opposing coach. They, they're just too much of a game-changing play where it just seems these calls are 50-50 and, uh, and, and it really changes the outcome of the game. And I agree with you, um, especially because when you bring the yardage part into it, the other call that kind of drives me wild, Wiz, is these kind of roughing the quarterback calls where the weight is leaning on them and not and in some instances. They're just they're so blatantly ridiculous and, and they don't jump the gun. And you're almost getting to the point in the NFL where – uh, you want to almost review every call. That, that, <laughs> I, I hate to go to that extreme, but you know you the quality of the the officiating also is an issue, right? You got you got more talented officials sitting in in the broadcast booths than you do on the field, and maybe you have to pay these guys more. I don't know what the answer is, but I think the NFL has a bit of a crisis on its hands when it comes to officiating, and 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 as you mentioned, around around the circumstances around certain rules. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you can't have an illegal procedure penalty be five yards and an offsides penalty be five yards. And then you go to a, the same penalty on a different way and an offensive interference is 10 yards and a defensive interference could be as much as up to 30, 40, or 50, or 60 yards. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it, it, it's not fair. It just isn't fair and, and it changes the outcome of the game. And I got to say the college rule is much better. If it's 15 yards or more, it's a 15-yard penalty. If it's under 15 yards, it's a spot foul. That makes perfect sense to me. And if you combine bad officiating with these arbitrary game-changing calls, you have some just results that probably should not be happening. And we've seen this over and over and over again. Um, what was the game a couple of weeks ago we, we were in disbelief about with McVeigh running out of timeouts oh, yeah. and that four down tush push by the Steelers was obviously short. no chance and, it was know, a first down yep yeah I just you don't want to see that you don't want to see game you, you want to see the better team win these games um and between the refereeing the coaching the NFL with their policies uh, it's just a shame that it's not a better product that's that's I think that's the point. Yeah, I, I I'm worried about a product in decline. That's what I want to say. Uh, speaking of decline, was I just wanted to bring one. I, you know, I've probably harped on this for about three years. Running back in the NFL. So I, I took a look at uh, the top ten running backs in our in our Bronx League, and uh, I took a look at that, and I saw Christian McCaffrey was at the top, and then you look at the rest of the top ten, 
ETN, who a few weeks ago you joked to me that he was a bum, um, <laughs> trying to kickstart him. Raheem Mostert, Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift, uh, Kamara, who has only played, he's played three less games than everybody else to this point. Uh, Kenneth Walker, and he was kind of an afterthought, I think, in a lot of drafts. He certainly wasn't being drafted as a top 10 running back. Kyron Williams and Pacheco, those are your top 10. Uh, I'm just, I just want to point out that running back remains <laughs> a complete circus when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, and I think that's carried over to the NFL, and I think that that's the reason why NFL teams are so um, hesitant, if you will, to, to, to give a truckload of their money to even guys that have proven that they're terrific players for years and years, like Barkley and Eckler. And I think you'll see that same case with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, even though Jonathan Taylor doesn't have, um, you know, the sample size to Taylor wasn't as big, but you could just see he's a, he's a terrific player. But, uh, you know, the NFL has changed. I mean, honestly, you know, back in the day when we were growing up watching football, the starting tailback would be on the field for like 90 percent of the time a few plays he would need to come out for a substitution everybody would play a fullback uh and that would be the offense now you just see teams that are just you know using a minimum of two running backs um and in a lot of cases even three running backs having specialists on third down it's a different type of nfl and it, it, you know you've been saying this for a while now you know in fantasy drafts you know, <laughs> you're better off going with the zero running back strategy unless you get like an Eckler or um, or obviously a Christian McCaffrey. You're just better off. These these wide receivers uh, are, are are just you know they're 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 more reliable in fantasy football uh, based on injuries and based on usage. Uh, of players as well. And it drives me crazy was too. Like, you know, a lot of times you'll see a guy, you know, this didn't happen back in the day. You know, a guy rattles off, a, a, you know, hasn't touched the ball for a while, rattles off like a 12-yard play, and then all of a sudden he's running off the field to get replaced. It's like, you look at it like, stay on the field. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. And, you know, I, I know Ben Johnson is a well-thought-of offensive coordinator, right? And uh, he's probably going to get some head coaching looks in the off season next year, but I'll give you just a perfect example of the NFL world we're living in now. Um, the, the, the Lions have first and 10 at the 15 yard line of, uh, of, of the Raiders. And they hit, hits, um, hits the tight end, uh, Porter with a nine yard play. It's second and one at the six yard line. The, the Lions offensive line is one of the top five in football. They, you know, the Raiders are getting exhausted and instead of just pounding it in with Reynolds or the way, uh, Gibbs is running. What does he do? He calls for a, a pass to, to Amara St. Brown, and then he wants him to throw it. He doesn't throw it. He holds onto the ball. They take an 80-yard loss on the play. On third down, they don't complete the pass. They end up kicking a field goal. I just think so many of these guys outsmart themselves. Just pound it in there and get the first down. Like, I just don't understand these calls. And uh, I, I just feel like, you know... Take what the defense is giving you. Stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room with all of these calls. And uh, that just is a microcosm of me of today's world in the NFL. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it does not. It does not. So, 
That's all I have, Wizard. Do you have any answer further to add? I know we got a game tomorrow night. I I personally am going to st- I you know, I just don't know what it's going to look like. You know, Will Levis going into Pittsburgh. No, he had a great game. Um it looks like we're going to see Kenny Pickett. I haven't taken a look at any lines or anything just yet. Uh the game is actually going to have some meaning for for both of these teams. Um you know, a, a win for Tennessee and we're talking about them right back right back in the middle of the playoff picture. Uh, have you taken a look at this game yet, or is this a game that you kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'm not a believer in Will Levis. I know he played terrific, you know, and I just know he, he played well. He may play well again tomorrow night, but I think as soon as teams get some real film on him, um, and I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if T.J. Watt makes his life miserable tomorrow, but I don't trust the Steelers. That's the problem. Like, they will not be able to run. You don't run the ball against the Titans, and I'm just not going to trust that passing offense. Um, so, I, it's just a game that I'm going to I'm going to watch. I I, I think uh, you know in one league because of bye weeks, I may have to actually start Tajay Spears uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, and I think you and I probably going to be starting Deontay Johnson in the league that we're partners in. So we'll have some fantasy stuff. But as far as like having a strong opinion. I'm not going to trust Will Levis, and I'm not certainly going to trust uh, the Pittsburgh's passing game with that offensive coordinator either. So, complete pass me. All right, good stuff. Yeah, same thing for me. Uh, I thought this was a good idea for us to get together and uh, talk a little bit about what's on our mind at, at this point in the season. So, well done, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're still listening, and uh, Wiz, I'll, I'll wish you a good uh, rest of your evening, and uh, we will talk later in the week when we come through with our wagering podcast. You got it.